Well, good morning and welcome to Organic Matters. Thanks for staying tuned here, 9 or 10 o'clock every Saturday morning here. And as I always say, and then I do it anyway, I'm trying to stay away from politics. But so much of politics, at least these last few weeks, or for the next few weeks, I have to admit, are going to have to do with climate change because it's on the agenda. So we're going to discuss some of the differences that that are going to happen. I personally think it's extremely important. We've, We've ignored it for 10 or 15 years, folks. Time is drawing nigh for us to consider down the road. Our climate didn't change overnight, and we're not going to be able to help fix it overnight. We need to be looking a decade, two decades ahead, and this is the first chance we've had to do that in about a decade. So let's do take a little bit of time out of the show and talk a little bit about, well, for instance, this past week, Biden signed an array of executive orders focusing exclusively on climate change. So let's see what uh, what that's going to do for us, against us, economically. Is it a good idea or not? There's just some questions I think are worth at least uh, taking a look at. To begin with, the administration has signed sweeping orders on climate, just happened this week, and they include a pause on fossil fuel leasing at least till we look down into the future and see the advantages and disadvantages. One thing I do think is if we would just give the environmentally safe alternatives to energy, the money that we give the fossil fuel industry, we could come a long way. And there is evidence that it will actually create more jobs by far than it will eliminate. Let me throw a few numbers at you. These are as of 2018, the end of 2018. It seems to be the newest information I can find. In 2018, there were 2.4 million jobs in clean energy and energy efficiency, compared to just half that many now, half that many in the fossil energy business. Even without a price on carbon, installers and service technicians for solar and wind are, are growing 11 to 13 times faster than the U.S. average, even with the COVID problem. Also, the vast majority of the energy sector jobs, such as electricians, power plant operators, riggers, and etc., are needed for both fossil and non-fossil energies. Now, for us Texans, and we do have a pretty big vested interest in fossil fuels, our country is still going to need energy, whether it comes from low or zero carbon sources or from the old polluting sources we've used in the past. Today, the energy technologies of the future create more, more well-paying jobs per energy dollar spent and will continue to do so even as the new technologies mature. Not only is renewable energy electricity already cost competitive with fossil generated power in most parts of this country, it provides 50% more jobs at similar or slightly higher pay for the amount of energy it produces. And think about this, uh, for us Texans, it always scares us. It's not just the renewable energy jobs that count. A 2018 study of a carbon tax in British Columbia, where they already use it, shows that it returns most revenue to the taxpayers. And it showed that over a six-year period, that's how long it's been in, job gains in labor-intensive sectors like healthcare outweighed job losses in energy-intensive sectors like air travel, for instance. There are more employment opportunities with the carbon tax than there were without the carbon tax. And for those who would like to stay with facts, this particular piece of 
energy knowledge I just gave you was fact-checked, peer-reviewed by 12 different sources. I just end this little part of the session so we can get on with uh, more of organic matters, more about gardening and things that are around us. I do want to let you know, I use a thing now called NewsGuard in addition to my other sources, and I recommend it. I recommend it. I don't care which side of the fence you're on. It is a nonprofit 501c3, and it's very interesting, and the reason I chose it is it's run equally by, I want to use the word conservatives and liberals, or red and blue. They have co-CEOs, one of which is leans to the left, one of which leans to the right. They throw everything that they gather out before the board, before it is published. You can get it for free. It's called NewsGuard. Go get an app. Let it explain itself to you. It is making every effort, which is not happening anymore in the news business on either side, uh, it, news is not news anymore. It's opinion by whoever wants you to believe what they want you to believe at the time. So we need more things like a news guard. You can get it on your computer for free. If you get to any news you pull up on, if after you get it, it'll either have a red dot or a green check. And if you want to check on that check or that dot, it'll tell you why it either earned or didn't earn a sense of honesty, a fact check. And we need it badly, folks, on both sides, I'm telling you. I've been really playing this game harder than ever. For those of you that listen to my show, I did lose an eye. I'm only seeing out of one eye now. I just woke up one morning blind in the other. Sounds like it wouldn't mean anything, but it's given me more time than ever not to get out, but to be stop and study about the things that I'm interested in. And it's actually been quite enlightening. (laughs) I don't recommend you getting your eye taken out or, or removed or going blind in it just to do that. But it has really given me a, a, pardon the very big pun, a different insight on all the different subjects I've actually talked about now on the radio. I think it's over, I know it is, over 20 years now. Let's just follow up on this last little fact and then we'll move on to other subjects. Because any conversation about climate policy and energy here in the United States has to take us, Texas, into consideration. Folks, We lead the nation in energy production, providing more than one-fifth of the United States' domestically produced energy. Texas also uses more energy than any other state and accounts for almost one-seventh of the total U.S. energy consumption. The state's industrial sector, which includes petroleum refining and chemical manufacturing, accounts for almost half of Texas' energy consumption at this moment. As a result, long-standing skepticism among Texans toward the climate movement has represented a real impediment in developing and implementing effective climate policy in the whole country. But according to new research at the University of Houston, attitudes in Texas have changed and now mirror those pretty much in the whole rest of the United States. About 80% of Americans believe that climate change is happening and about 81% of Texans now have the same view. Two out of three Americans are worried now about climate change. More than 60% of all Texans now agree. Nationwide, 55% agree that the oil and gas industries have deliberately misled people on climate change. 49% of Texans agree. 64% of Americans say hydraulic fracking has a negative effect 
on the environment overall, and 61% of Texans now agree with that also. It now appears that people everywhere are willing to pay more for carbon-neutral energy and a higher premium for gasoline, if necessary, as well. Unfortunately, mitigation strategies, folks, in English, that's just trying to stop it before it gets here rather than trying to fix it after we've let it go bad. It's just not basically very well understood by anyone. While 61% of the nation have heard of carbon taxes, less than half are familiar with what we call carbon management, and only about a third have ever even heard of what we now call carbon pricing. Fortunately, as the U.S. heads towards re-engaging in efforts to address climate change up front, Texans appear to have finally caught up with the rest of the nation for the good of us all. I'm going to change the whole last couple of minutes of this particular part of the show to something that I'm personally involved in basically for 60 years of my life. It concerns three species of tortoise, the only three in the uh, United States. One is in the southeast, Florida, Georgia, gets over almost to Louisiana. One lives only in South Texas, from about San Antonio south down in through and into part of Mexico, but, but in South Texas. And the third lives out in the deserts of Arizona, gets all the way up to Nevada, goes into California. But they're all in real trouble. And it's not intentional by us, but we have a lot to do with it. A massive but unintended experiment in animal conservation has revealed a very unexpected result. Thousands of desert tortoises moved to a translocation site in Nevada actually had a greater chance of surviving if they had lots of what we call inner genetic variation. From 1997 to 2014, over 9,000 Mojave Desert tortoises were moved to a 39-square-mile translocation site in the Avapah Valley. The tortoises were either abandoned pets or were displaced by developments in suburban areas like Las Vegas and by solar farms in the desert. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service took blood samples to screen for diseases and marked each animal before releasing them on the site, enabling them to be tracked in later surveys. Curiously, when the researchers compared tortoises that lived or died over the same period of time, after being relocated to the site, they found that survivors averaged 23% greater heterozygosity than those that perished. Heterozygosity is just a measure of the genetic variation within the individual animal. Like most organisms, tortoises have two copies of their entire genome, with one from each parent, of course. The more those copies differ from each other, the higher the organism's heterozygosity is considered to be. Researchers are really not quite sure why greater genetic variation is linked to survival rates. Potentially, Individuals with higher variation in their genes probably have more genomic, what we call flexibility. In this case, it is where the tortoises with more genetic variation did have a better chance of having at least one copy of a gene that worked really well in stressful or new environments. Human activity and the changing climate are increasing the need to relocate plants and animals. 
Unfortunately, often the chances for success in doing this are not so good. So anything we can learn about things that increase the chances of survival can be very important to individual species. And thanks for staying tuned here to Organic Matters, here every Saturday morning, 9 to 10 o'clock, and we'll be back after this with more of the show.